welcome. Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and you are an important part of our EWTN family. And we are delighted that you have welcomed us into your home. You know, we would love to hear from you. Amen. So today, we're taking your questions and your comments. You're watching. It's Monday. It's live. Give us a jingle at 1-800-221-9460. If you are calling and you are outside North America, you can reach us at 205-271-2980. And you can always send us an email with a question or a comment to jimandjoy at ewtn.com and check us out on Facebook. So the question for today's show is this. Why is St. Francis of Assisi such a beloved and inspirational saint? Yes. And today is also, it's Monday, it's guardian the Feast angels, of the Guardian Angels, yeah. and we love our angels. Amen. We pray every day to our guardian angels that yeah. they would be with us and guide us and protect us, bless our going out <clears throat> and our coming in. We know the prayers and the power of those guardians. And at our, at our medical center, our pro-life center, where we have girls coming deciding between death and life regarding their child, mm -hmm. um, we pray almost every day or regularly for these women coming in, for their guardian angels, for the mm -hmm. baby's guardian angel within yes. the womb, for our guardian angels, that everybody's working to bring this to the right conclusion. And even with that, free will, you know, can't prevail, but we're right. always praying for the extra help of the yeah. guardian angels. No, we're asking because we know that when we, sometimes we go into those counseling rooms, it is a power encounter of lightness and darkness, right? And so you're going in there, you yeah. got all that going on. We also pray every day that God would arrest every foul and unclean spirit that might enter that building today. And so when we put our angels at our front door and our back door, we ain't playing. We know the warfare that is out there. And so we are so grateful for our guardian angels. Well, we're focusing in on St. Francis today. You make this show, so we need for you to call us or email us and just share your love for St. Francis of Assisi. I'm interested in anybody who's gone to Assisi uh, to see where St. Francis has been laid to rest and, and Mother Claire and all that. What's your experience with St. Francis of Assisi? Why is he so special? What has he done in your life? Uh, maybe it's his special prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Uh, Joy, you actually, uh, when we lost our pastor and we weren't getting another pastor back, you kind of helped to guide, not in the pastoral role. <laughs> yes. You were the administrator. I was the parish administrator Church. for yeah. St. Francis. And, you know, before, you know, when we left, I'm a convert, so before we left Protestant land and came into Catholic land, yeah. I kept having this reoccurring dream of this old building that I w we were going to, and I didn't mm. know what this dream mm. was, and it just, I felt safe in the dream. I felt like God was in the dream. I didn't like the dream, but it was the dream, and it yeah. just kept coming and coming. And um, it was because God was getting ready to take me to a new place. And he was just trying to encourage me along the journey. And then we, I took that job. I was hired by Bishop Foley and became the parish administrator, yeah. whatever that was. And I remember walking up the stairs, going up to the bell tower, yeah of this St. Francis of Assisi in Bessemer, Alabama with the priest it's at that time. Yeah. And all the walls were cracked, the plaster and everything. And as I was coming up yeah. the stairs and we were just, you know, t talking and everything, I mean, the Holy Spirit just hit me. And it was like, that was the dream. Mm -hmm. This is part of what I'm calling you to do at this time. Yeah. 
to rebuild this church. Rebuild, repair, same thing you rebuild, said. Rebuild, repair, yeah. and what I was doing was just kind of holding the walls up and trying to be light and salt in the midst of a, a transitional time yeah. in that parish. So give us a call. Let us know your relationship with St. Francis of Assisi. Why is he so special? Why is he so inspiring? What's an aspect of his story that really moves you? So we'll be right back. Plenty more to come. We want to hear from you. Don't go away. Welcome back. Well, remember that today we're taking your questions and your comments on our show. So if you're watching, it's Monday. We're here, very alive. 1-800-221-9460. Outside North America, you can reach us 205-271-2980. You can always send us an email with a question or a comment to jimandjoy at ewtn.com. So the question in preparing for Wednesday, Wednesday which Memorial is the feast of day of um, Memorial Day of St. Francis, Francis of Assisi. Yeah. Why is St. Francis of Assisi such a beloved and inspirational saint? Well, you best tell your story. Right. Well, first yeah. of all, your name. So I took that name for my confirmation name. There you so go. So my name is James Joseph Francis Pinto Jr. That's a lot. That's a lot. And you, you know, got a lot of saints in your name. My cousin Frankie mm -hmm. Francis was my sponsor, God rest his soul. Um, I don't know if they called St. Francis Frankie. But I it, don't think, Frank, nor Frankie Boy. Frankie Boy was my guy. So I yeah. picked Frankie. <laughs> you're always a boy in the Italian. Always. You know, you're 67 years old. Jimmy Boy, Frankie Boy. Anyway, um, so I had that name, you know, a Francis. Yes. And had a really good sense and feeling about St. Francis of Assisi. But I didn't study him all the way through. I really know him. But you know what? The saints are so much better than we are. Mm -hmm. And like to say, you took my name, I'm with you in a special right. way. Even though you're not really, you know, you don't get you don't it. You're just a kid. Mm -hmm. And so I think St. Francis has just been with me, like, you know, all my life. Mm -hmm. And this really came home to me when I wandered away from the church. Catholic Church didn't know what it was really all about. Came into a radical conversion experience became an evangelical, charismatic, Episcopal priest for 22 years, one congregation, loved it. We were together in that dy dynamic. Things happened there and then started to look into Catholicism. The new catechism of the Catholic Church came out. I'm saying, oh my gosh, I really believe this. Mm -hmm. I left what I believe. I'm trying to do, especially pro-life work, marriage in the family, the way the Catholics do it, but I'm not Catholic. Oh right. no, I am Catholic. You know, I better get back Catholic. home. And so after 22 years, and, and it was at that church that you were administrating, and, and Father Noel, who's a Franciscan priest. So I would meet with him while I was an Episcopal priest, and I'm saying, gosh, you know, I think I'm supposed to go back. He was so gracious, Father Noel, Daniela, but it's God bless you, God bless you. And um, so the day came for me to leave the parish that I pastored for 22 years. One parish, 22 years, the most integrated church in the state of Alabama. I was at that time the young religious leader in the state of Alabama. Uh, maybe I'm an old leader now. And, and so, that day I, I shared with our congregation the story and I said to them, I, I have to go back to the Catholic Church. Mm. There was weeping, the men were crying, 22 years. Mm -hmm. Great, great people. I, I still haven't met a better people than the people of that congregation. Um, and so I left that day, our church, and I went to Bessemer, the town 
over mm -hmm. to make my first confession in 22 years to a Catholic priest. Mm -hmm. It was a long confession. I'm it was, a, I said, do so, I need to pack your lunch? But I, I You're going to be a wife. <laughs> You're a wise guy, I'm telling you, <laughs> wise girl. So, but, but when I went up to St. Francis Church, there's a beautiful statue mm -hmm. of St. Francis there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in, you know, I'm going there to make my first confession. And I'm looking at St. Francis yeah. and I'm standing before him. I'm just looking at him and saying, what's going on in my life? But you see, he had been with me this whole time. And, and it's, it's like the saint that I'm seeing before I make this confession, who I haven't given, you know, much to. And yet he was loving me. And the priest that was going to hear my confession, Father Noel, I didn't see him. He was off to the side. And I was looking at St. Francis and Father Noel says, and I can hear, he goes, Pinto, you sure you want to do this? You sure? I said, yeah, I'm sure. He goes, come on. <laughs> and that day began my renewal in the Catholic Church and my departure from the Episcopal Church at that point. And, and it was really, you know, just, it was, I was all discombobulated. But anyway, St. Francis was so important in my life. And that statue, mm -hmm. I go there periodically and I just mm -hmm. visit the statue. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I just think, this was the moment. St. Francis, you were there for me and I, I didn't even pay much attention to you, but you paid attention to me mm -hmm. and you brought me back to the Holy Catholic Church. So that's, that's that story. That was a great, great story. And so here's the prayer of St. Francis. It says this, Lord, mm -hmm. make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Mm -hmm. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, divine master, Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console and to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned mm. and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Amen. And that prayer has been very instrumental in our lives and in the lives of our children yeah. also. You know, when we put the question out there, you know, why is, why does St. Francis mean so much to you? Why is he so inspirational? So many people mention that prayer. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're just, that, that prayer's got me. I pray it every day. It forms they, you, they, right? I, I don't pray it every day, but mm -hmm. they, they say, I pray that prayer every yes. day. Yes. Uh, when I go to mass, I pray that prayer and, and why this prayer is so moving to me. Mm. So uh, that's really big. That's why people you know, just love St. Francis. That, that prayer just echoes in the saying, you know, I want to emulate St. Francis. And if this was kind of like what he's about, I want to walk along that way. Amen. So we have Christy with us on the phone. Christy, welcome to At Home with Jim and Joy. And Thank somebody, you. It's, it's Christy Ramis. That's it. That's okay, me. so you, you work here at EWTN. And you exactly. take people on the tours of EWTN here. Exactly you do right. precious, exactly precious right. work that you do. And so we wanted to know from you, I know you've been involved uh, with the Third Order and its association here uh, at EWTN with Father Joseph and the rest of the priests here. So why has Franciscan spirituality, what has it meant to you? What does is, what is, uh, well, St. Francis mean to you? I know you want to sound off about that. Yes, well, you know, I think the reason... Um, people love St. Francis so much. It's simple because he radiates Jesus. Um, you know, he, he truly lived in the joy uh, of the love of God, uh, the joy of the gospel. Uh, whatever he turned, he would see God reflected everywhere, everything. Uh, everything he saw, 
everything he touched. Yeah. It was about God. Yeah. And um, however, what many people don't know is about St. Francis is that he also desired ardently to be identified with Jesus crucified. Mm. You know, they always depict him with the birds and, and the bambies, you know. Yeah. And, but that was so much part of, of who he was. He wanted to be totally like Jesus, mm. uh, not just, um, you know, in the joy of the gospel itself, but also as, you know, in the cross. And then, of course, we know he received the stigmata uh, from our Lord. And so that was incredibly gave him great joy um, in, in suffering. And, and, you know, we always compare um, Mother Angelica to St. Francis, of course, St. Clair. Right. But Mother Angelica followed so well St. Francis and St. Clair. One thing that we, that is so Franciscan, is total uh, dependence on divine providence. And we can see that so well at EWTN, you know, how um, she depended absolutely, totally on, on our Lord. And that's where we are, where we are right now with EWTN. Yes. Yes. And we have to continue uh, with that uh, total dependence, yes. His providence, yes. as we continue, you know, um, with our um, evangelization project here. So. Yeah. Well, Christy, thank you so very much. And you radiate the Lord <laughs> through your face. And what a blessing it is to have the people who visit here, if they want a tour, that they get to meet you, filled with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> filled thank with you. the face of Christ. So thank you so very much for these reflections. It means a great deal. Thank you. God bless thank you. you. Got another call? Yes, we have another phone call. And this is Catherine on the phone. And she's calling us from Tennessee. Catherine, welcome to At Home with Jim and Joy. Your question or your comment? Yes, I did travel to Assisi with the Diocese of Raleigh during the pilgrimage year of 2000, and it was an awesome experience. Mm. Um, I was able to lecture at St. Catherine's Chapel in the crypt of, of St. Francis Cathedral, and we saw, we, we went up, walked up and down the hills there in the town, and so we saw where he lived and where his father had put him like in a prison mm, and then we went wow. to the square where he totally got himself undressed in front of the bishop and his father and the whole town of people yeah. but his life story is such a, a journey of faith and love especially when he went to the Pope and I've so enjoyed uh, EWTN's uh, I mean, that's this is where I uh, I learned so much about St. Francis was watching the EWTN movie. Yes. Oops, don't hear. Oh, oh lovely. Yes. I don't hear you, Jim. No, nope. yes. we're listening. <laughs> we're listening. Oh. You're instructing us. Oh well. Anyway, it was just amazing. Well, thank you so much for your insights and having firsthand experience visiting that place. Mm -hmm. I, I love what she was recalling about, you know, the confrontation with the father, who seems to me to be really, you know, a really a mm -hmm. good man and mm -hmm. was trying to raise his boy in the church, became a wealthy man in, in clothes and, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, he was going to inherit all this. He yes. seems like, I'm trying to set you up. Like, what are you, you know, now you want to hang out with lepers or you want to do, like, what are you doing? And this mm -hmm. is the disgrace, right? That whole confrontation. 
And, you know, and Francis is like, well, if you want the stuff back, here it is. So let's take it off and right. give it to his father. You know, what a heartbreak for the father, right. right? I mean, it's like, what's going on? In the town square with the bishop present, if right? That's, if that's I all mean, accurate. that's what he did. And the bishop, who must have been like, like, what are we doing here? And the father's like a big tither, right? To the right. church, I'm sure. Right. And it's kind of like, where do, where do I sit? But, you know, like the bishop got it, and he just covered him up. And, and the church took him in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and loved him in that way. So I, I love, that's another thing. We want to hear from you. We've still got a minute or two, maybe you can call it. But, you know, St. Francis's radical commitment to the Lord. Yes. And then he said, I, ju- I, just want to, I just want to fulfill the words of Jesus Christ. You know, I just want to give away everything that I have. I want to live, you know, for the poor. I want to proclaim the gospel. And St. Francis, you know, we, we often, you know, there's that quote, you know, that, that try and share with people mm-hmm. and sometimes use words. I'm not sure he said that. Because I think he was both a word guy, and I think he was obviously one who lived mm-hmm. the faith, and those things go together. You know, when you watch TV, you don't want to just see the images, you want to hear it. Yes. And he was that. You could hear him, those that were raised up through, through God's grace, and then he was attracted, I mean, attracted by you know, women and men mm-hmm. who just say, we want to live a pure and godly life at this time. Well, you know, in that famous story where he goes into the church and he cries out to the Lord and he's saying, Lord, rid my heart of any darkness. Mm-hmm. Cries out, Lord, rid my heart of darkness. And what happens to him is that the, Jesus from the cross speaks to him and yeah. says, Francis, rebuild my church. It's in ruins. (laughs) And he says it to him again, rebuild my church. So when you cry out to the Lord and you want to give him your heart cry, you better be ready for the answer because this just changed his life. God wants to hear our heart cry. And then sometimes it's yes, no, wait, whatever it is, but then obey whatever he asks you to do. Wednesday is the Memorial of St. Francis of Assisi. Let's prepare. Let's learn more about him and let's get closer to him as a saint. We'll be right back. Plenty more to come. Please don't go away. Welcome back. Well, before we wrap up today's show, we're going to go to Rome to check in with beautiful Joan Lewis, who has been present at every consistory since Pope John Paul II. This means that she has been present in Rome for the creation of all 242 <laughs> living cardinals of the Catholic Church. Now, Joan, what's the latest news from Rome this beautiful weekend? Well, hi, Jim and Joy, and greetings from a sun-splashed city of Rome, where events, Vatican events, have been taking place at an almost dizzying pace. On Saturday, September 30th, Pope Francis created 21 new cardinals, among them the first ever from South Sudan, Cardinal Stephen Ameo. There are now 242 members of the College of Cardinals. In his address, the Pope focused on, gave the idea of an orchestra, symphony orchestra, because this symbolizes both diversity and unity. He said this represents the synodality and harmony of the church. Mutual listening is essential. Each musician must listen to the others. If one listens only to himself, however, however sublime his sound may be, 
it will not benefit the symphony. And the same would be the case if one section of the orchestra did not listen to another section. And by the way, the Pope explained that the conductor is called to help each member and the whole orchestra in developing the greatest creative fidelity. Now, later Saturday, in the late afternoon, there was an ecumenical prayer service um, in St. Peter's Square in the presence of the Holy Father. This is a pre-synod -pre event. And the Pope, in his talk to participants, including many young people, the Pope focused on silence. He said, silence enables true discernment through attentive listening to the Spirit, because sometimes the Spirit's sighs, they're very deep, they're hidden within people, but they are in the people of God. The Pope prayed that the Holy Spirit bestow the gift of listening on the participants in the upcoming Synod. And by the way, Cardinal Robert Prevost, the new prefect of the dicastery for, um, for bishops, addressed the crowd and the Holy Father, and he said, you, Holy Father, you remind us it is necessary to learn to listen like the saints, like St. Francis of Assisi, who listened to the voice of God, the voice of the poor, the voice of the sick, and the voice of nature. Now, after that vigil, the participants in the Synod were accompanied outside Rome to a retreat center in Sacrifano. That's about 30 kilometers from Rome. They'll be on retreat for two days. Wednesday, of course, October 4th, the Feast of St. Francis, is the opening day of the Synod. St. Francis, naturally, was the person whose name, because of his work, whose name that the Pope took. Also, on October 4th, the Vatican will release the Holy Father's newest apostolic exhortation, Laudate Deum, Praise God. This is on the environment, and it is seen as a sequel to Laudato Si. So all I can say is, fasten your seatbelts. We are in for a month-long ride on the Synod. And of course, we have to pray for all participants. But let me just add a PS. In walking over here, I could see the line behind me in St. Peter's Square to get into the Basilica goes entirely around the square. It's pretty awesome here. On that note, back to you. Joan, thanks so much for a wonderful report, and thank you for all the years that you've served there at the Vatican. We've spoken about St. Francis. We've spoken about the guardian angels. May they assist all of us mm -hmm. along the way that is the way of Christ. God bless you and all of you loved ones. Keep it on EWTN. Bye now.